Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. This is John Janik, Paul Janik, Chris Haig, The Wallet, from Moneybag Sodas, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast. Yeah, With yeah. Tom and Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode 33. We are calling this one, I Have a Forever Trash Can Head, and I'm going to explode because I have a black tiger laying next to me that looks like Frankenstein's daughter. <laughs> Tommy Zeus, how are you? Oh. What an intro, Sonny. I always look forward to you blending in the song titles and lyrics. That this this was a good one. Frankenstein's daughter. I can't wait to get more into that. Yikes. Sonny Zeus, this is gonna be good. We're recording on a Friday night, huh? Not our usually uh morning routine on the weekends, Friday night. So let's see what happens here. Friday night at eight. It will be so great. Great, <laughs> great, 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 great. Sherman Clump. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tom. Uh, Sonny would send us these things when we when he picked this album, and he'd say something like Frankenstein's daughter. Me, like neither of us would comment. But what the fuck's he talking about? I'm like, I don't I haven't even listened to the album yet. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even really work here. <laughs> I had no idea some of these things Sonny would send us. I'm like, fuck, what? Huh? Oh, I think I texted. Lyrics. I think I text texted touch touch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I still don't know what you're talking about because I haven't listened yet. <laughs> but oh, boy. it's all good. We're here. Yeah. And we're here to talk about some Y and T. Black but, Tiger. Woo. Yeah. Before we do that, we go backwards and we talk about uh, Tom's pick last month. Yep. And he had done uh, Hail to the King, a Veg Sevenfold, a newer band. Mm hmm. Yep. And so now we're going, we're going about 45 years in reverse with Y and T right now. So <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, did we remember to do a poll this time? We did. Yes, we did. We did. I think I got about three votes, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, we, we love the polls. We, we, we're doing, um, we're getting better at remembering. We, we, okay. we stumbled, we stumbled for a bit. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, as you said, we did Halo the King by Avenge Sevenfold, my pick um, new, newer album. Uh, and the options for favorite song were Hail to the King, Shepherd of Fire, Crimson Day, and Coming Home. Hail to the King ran away with it at 58%. Coming Home at 19, Shepherd of Fire, 17, Crimson Day, bringing up the back there, single digits at six. Um, our buddy Tony, who let's remember to thank him for our intro music. If yeah, he doesn't, Tony. I'll tell you, if he doesn't comment, we don't remember to thank him for that. So, Tony, comment. And that will remember to thank you for your intro music. Um, 
Tony said, I saw uh, Avenged Sevenfold on this tour. Hail to the King was awesome live. Uh, yeah, I was pissed because when I saw Metallica, uh, they were on this tour, but I think limited dates and I got screwed out of seeing them. I got like Volbeat, who's fucking terrible. Sorry, Volbeat fans out there. But anyways, um, oh, and then we had uh, Vet Halen uh, was commenting on your recommendation for Jolt, Sonny, your oh, movie. There you go, baby. He, com- he compared it to a female John Wick with humor. Okay. I thought I I was like Zeus. I thought we we're talking about that animated dog movie called Bolt. <laughs> we're talking about the soda. Dude, Beckinsale's hot in that movie. I'm telling you, you want to watch it. She's uh, hot in everything, though. Let's be oh, honest. Ab- oh, absolutely. She's, awesome. She's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our buddy Polly the Wog said, first time hearing these songs, gotta say, this does play like an homage to 80s metal. Love the mention of Red Rider, too. As a Canuck, they were <laughs> one of my favorite bands in the early 80s. Oh, and he goes, oh, and Justin Trudeau is prettier than Santa Marin. Oh, <laughs> she just got busted. Did you see that? She was on the, all the news because she was what? like partying like with her girlfriends. She's like, like young 30. And yeah. then she was at some club and they're all going nuts. And now they want her to do a drug test because she looked like she was on like club drugs or oh, something. Dude, she was like her. a tank top with her fucking shaking that awesome body of her also because oh. she's not like some worn out friggin' politician yeah. she's too hot to be a politician <laughs> no exactly it oh. wasn't fucking uh maggie hassan from new hampshire <laughs> crooked, crooked piss teeth like your friend there from the bruins piss teeth. <laughs> it wasn't madeline albright hillary and fucking ann richards from texas all getting down you know, she was smoking hot, but she got in trouble for that. Uh, our buddy Dr. Two chimes in and says, all the songs sound the same. So I respond said, get your ears checked. And then he says, actually, I was mostly kidding. I liked what I heard. And I'm going to give them another chance after hearing this ARC. Unlike any of Pooney's shitty picks. <laughs> Dude, you scared him. <laughs> well, get your ears checked. No, no, no. I like no, it. I like no, it. No, I like it. I'm sorry. I really do. Uh, Clark side of the moon says, I wanted to vote for Zeus when he was singing bad obsession, bad obsession, (laughs) (laughs) exactly that voice. Uh, and then Ken Renton, who seems like a very happy, joyful man says, I might vote if you were picking the least worst song, nothing on this album could be described as the best. Oh, is that the guy that wore the red sweater and the mustache? Yes, from the, uh, from from the debate. Yes, yes, yes that's the what guy. Was that guy Ken something. Was <laughs> it? He had the red sweater and the and the uh, mustache. I, I, and I'd like to ask. I'd like to ask a question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good poll right there. Uh, let's see what else we got here from. Uh, oh yeah, we got another comment. Here. Jolt was good. Kate was super hot. Oh. Uh, to our buddy Todd Harrig. I have been told that I should like this album. But oh. I've never given it a chance. Now I guess I'll get an opportunity. Nobody should be telling you that you should like. It's music. We always yell at people. You should like this. What's wrong with you? Then Tony jumps in and says, Tom, I love you, buddy. And I like the majority of this record, but Planets is not good. That fucking song's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Has Tony ever commented and just been like, this is a great album. I love this. Nice selection. Or... No, Anything you like this that. Guy? No, you understand. <laughs> if 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 we go on the cruise and he potentially is a roommate, 
There might be blood on the walls after the first night. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's the guy that wins the lottery that complains about the taxes. Well, like Paul Stanley no. was saying, it's like being president and complaining about wearing a tie. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, there's only one person that's almost ever pissed in my luggage because they were so drunk. Tony. That one person did it twice. <laughs> you know what? That's a problem. I'm not going to tell you who the person was. Drunk I'll tell t- you that later. Drunk oh, Tony. Man. We're we're going to expose Drunk Tony right now in this episode. Oh, it, it's 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 that's a problem. It's trouble. It's this trouble. Is, this is dangerous. Uh, all right. So that's Twitter. That's what we got for Twitter. What, what do okay. we got, Zeus, for the book of face? Uh, over on Facebook, Tony Barone. This was on my list for ARC, but went with Rush and Tool instead. This okay. was in the running for my next pick. If the Patreon group does not pick Rush, I think Tony Barone is going to beat the bag out of somebody. I, I'm I'm making some side deals with our buddy Tony because he's had this some me and him love a lot of the same bands, but they're not like very ARC centric. So I, I, I might have to throw, I might have to throw my, uh, a bone on, on one of these. He, uh, he's been pushing rush for so long. He doesn't uh, want to hear rush on this show. Uh, he doesn't want to hear that. Brad Rustoven intriguing pick Tom. This is what makes ARC so good. Love the variety. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. Also known as backpack, Brad, <laughs> it's cozy. Brad. If you need a beer, Brad will show up with one. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Uh-oh. Kevin Jepson. Oh, boy. <laughs> great pick. Some great songs here with a couple clunkers. Seen this band three times live, and they are incredible. Zeus, pretty proud of you. Was expecting you to tear this apart. Love your review because you really aren't into this music. Never even heard the music before. And uh, you know what? I don't mind it. It's not bad. Uh, Mark Paul, it's pretty cool, but not my favorite. However, coming home is probably the coolest song they've ever done. And comes from this album. Mm. Cine is incredible. And shadow sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Over on loudcasters, Mike Murphy, the, uh, Tony Musalem of loudcasters. <laughs> and I don't think that's a positive thing. I was just going to say, is that a positive thing? No. I don't think so. Um, ooh, Death Bat, Sinister Gates, Zacky Vengeance. You can tell these guys are dangerous and not to be trifled with. <laughs> That's you forgot about ooh, Johnny Christ. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Darren Hunt said, Boo, but I'll listen anyway. Oh, come on, Darren. Yeah, jeez. Um, over on YouTube, you do. Uh, nothing. Nobody made a comment. <laughs> the move. The music's too new. We'll get, we'll get 600 comments for Y and T. We'll get four for Revenge Sevenfold. God yeah, damn you people. I didn't get anything on, on Instagram either. <laughs> God damn you people. <laughs> we love you listeners. God damn you people. So I'll move it on over to, uh, I believe it's Sunny with some, uh, our mail. Yeah. yeah. Some, uh, the, some emails. Yeah. All right, so the first one's from uh, Craig Moran. What's up, guys? I was shocked to see this album come up in the title of the podcast. I thought perhaps some other band had an album by the same name because it doesn't quite fit most of the other albums you pick, but I was psyched to listen. Became a a fan of Avenged uh, on their 2010 album when Nightmare came out. Their drummer just died. Portnoy filled in, and I'm a big Portnoy fan. Sonny was right about... Shepherd of Fire having a Megadeth feel to it. The first 90 seconds sound almost identical to Megadeth's trust mm-hmm. off uh, off of cryptic writings. 
he said uh, he'd only heard the first half of the album before, but because uh, uh, he he ran out of time. Well, he started having jobs and a life that didn't allow him time to sit and listen for hours. Um, he did say the last two songs are awful. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Planet Collide. You guys, are, that song's amazing. What I love most about your podcast is when there is dissenting opinion amongst the three of you, whether it's Sonny saying something is Baruto or Tommy or Zeus saying Sonny is insane for thinking something is podcast gold. So glad to have you three back again. I'm patiently waiting for the long threatened rush and Pantera episodes. Peace out girl scout. Well, Craig, if either one of those come to ARC, it'll be courtesy of me. So yeah, <laughs> I'll give you my right, paper. So, I'll give you my PayPal address. Slip me a 50 and I'll make it my next pick. <laughs> this next email is from our Aussie friend, Cameron Johnson. I'm not sure if Cameron was drunk when he put this in. I'm going to try <laughs> to interpret what some of it says. Um, guys loved episode 32. I like Sonny stumbling on event sevenfold by mistake at Soundwave in Melbourne. Check them out after that. I uh, love this album. But Zeus, 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 what the fuck are you talking about with that horse tooth? I believe he means Pam Anderson being in any trifecta of hotness. Oh, my God. Good work, guys. Love it. No, Did you say Pam and, no, Anderson was no, hot? He, no, PM, the prime minister. That's what it was. I just figured oh, it out. Oh, PM. We, okay. PM Arden. Jacinda, yes. Jacinda Arden. That's it. Okay. She's I thought a he was bit trying about- to say Pam Anderson. She's part of the uh, cover band Gums and Roses. Oh, okay. <laughs> got a little okay. of this thing going on, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess she's yeah, because we Tom and I talked about it earlier. I'm like, I, I think that means Pam Anderson. I'm not sure. I swear, just as you're reading, I'm like, wait, PM Prime Minister. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ardine, the lady yeah. from Estonia and uh, Santa Martin. Yep, yeah. yep. That's my trifecta. Yep. Um, and then the last email I got here is from Tony Smith. Love the album review on A7. It's A7X, Tony. Um, had not really appealed to me before, but upon hearing this episode, I now have an interest in getting the album. Only have one question at the end of the day, which is Zeus's, wait, which is better? Zeus's impression of Ace Fraley or Juice or Zeus singing Bad Obsession? Bad Obsession. Oh you got that was a big hit. All right, we got a few other emails to fly through here. Uh, This one comes from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, because you can comment directly from the website. This is from Brian Cruzel. Hey, guys, had to take time to write this. Avenged Semifold is a unique band in my history of listening to music. Not a fan of the singer, but I love the singles they release. When their fourth album came out, self-titled, I was a senior in high school. There were groups in my school that were into bands like Disturbed, Breaking Benjamin, and Three Days Grace. Others blink 182 and Fallout Boy, but then there was me and my best friend that were into ACDC, Kiss, and Metallica. Avenge didn't fit into any group for the reason of the singing. Me and my friend were at a store and saw a metal magazine saying Avenge was the next Metallica. We thought, well, shit, let's buy the CD and give it a try. Nope. We were disgusted they were given the label of next Metallica. Even worse, when I graduated, ACDC released Black Ice. Metallica was releasing Death and Magnetic and Disturbed released Indestructible. They had great singles out there. And then there was Avenged with the song Dear God being played in the rotation with Just Bug Me. By the way, Dear God is a fantastic ballad if you're into ballads. From XTC? Uh, no, that song's <laughs> well, that song's also good for the 80s. <laughs> do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah. Dear God. <laughs> uh, then he says, when I went to college and I was at parties, I realized chicks loved Avenged Sevenfold. I don't know why, mm. but they do. 
I could fake liking them because I just couldn't <laughs> lie to myself. I used to hear a lot of guys with like Def Leppard knees because girls like them. I kept true to my belief that Avenge sucks, but I just. <laughs> but then they, but then they questioned mine too. Kiss, really? They would say. <laughs> Fast forward to 2013 with Hail to the King. My roommate, who was a musician, was playing his guitar in the intro of Hail to the King. Um, I said, "Dude, that's awesome." And he said, it's a riff from the Avenged album. And I said, that shit band, don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so th- then he goes, I, now I tolerate their music more. I even enjoy it. I realize I'm all over the place, but Avenge is a band. I, uh, it's there. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's been there for a long time. I'm used to it. If it was gone, I may miss it. Maybe not. Like all episodes of ARC, I love hearing your guys' opinions. And at times I'm like, goddamn Zeus, right on. Or fucking Poonie, he has to be shitting me. Or Tom, you're absolutely right. Great job, guys. Keep up the great work. That That's a great email. Why was Poonie the only comment that was negative? Yeah, I know. Why is everything I say shit? Because, because, oh, fucking Poonie. And then it's like, oh, good, right on, Tom. Good job. Well, I, I think people just I think people just have PTSD from albums like Heat and Bad English. So I think. Uh, and then our buddy, uh, Anthony, Anthony Barone again, uh, I was at the a seven X show opening for Metallica June 17 in general admission, right in front, both bands kick major ass live need to see avenged. They have so much energy. I've seen them about five times. Thought I would share. And then he posted a picture like literally right up front, um, seeing avenged live. So that's really cool. Thanks. That sounded like the NWA part from, uh, their EP. Yeah. I was in the new music seminar in New York. And, yeah. I, and I watched that pussy run while the rest of his homeboys got his ass kicked. Remember that ice cube? Fucking thing? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, and then we finish up uh, feedback here with our buddy West Beach. It was with the most trepidation that I listened to this episode, as even though I'm aware of Avenge Sevenfold, I put them in the same category as Black Veil Brides, AFI, and other types of that metal. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> they just don't interest me. And even though I haven't heard any of them, just have enough other bands to listen to. And having Sonny compare them to the likes of Metallica and Guns N' Roses didn't bode well for me either. But just like with Heat, I was very pleasantly surprised when the first track came blaring out of the speakers. First rate production, great guitar sound, big drums and top notch vocals captured my attention. And I found I really like this band and I'm now sorry I avoided them. I don't really hear the GNR comparison in a little Metallica in some of the rhythms, but better guitar tone and vocals. Looks like another CD I'm going to have to pick up now. I just have to mentally prepare myself for a rush review. And again, he says, you have to review the wow album. He loves that. The Wendy so, Williams album. I have a question. Was yep. he saying when I heard he was compared to GNR and Metallica as though that's a negative thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard anybody say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they sound like Metallica and GNR. Oh, that's going to be it's terrible. terrible. It's terrible. But Wes, but, we love we love you, buddy. We always love hearing from you. So thank you for that email. And uh, yeah, that's feedback. One more. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. We're, we're going to take uh, we're going to do something that we normally don't do here. But I'm going to read a uh, website thing that we got because I found this one interesting. We don't usually get questions like this. OK, OK. This is from Ryan Fernandez. And since we have Sonny on, I'm interested to hear this stuff because I think we're going to bring up these albums while reviewing this album. Okay. Uh, hey, guy. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> I've recently gone back and listened to your old ARC episodes, in particular, the OE812 and Pyromania episodes, both with great discussions. No doubt the three of you have excellent chemistry together. I have two questions. First, since you've been listening to these albums, 
Has your opinion changed while doing these album reviews now when you first listened and when you were a teenager in your early 20s? Second, regarding the OU812 episode, if you had to rank the Van Hagar era, how would you rank the four studio albums? Thanks for the entertainment. Kind regards, Ryan F. I'm curious to hear how you guys would rank the Van Hagar albums. Oh, that's so easy. It's by far 5150. By far is the best one for me. And then, uh, and then, uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge right away. Um, I like, oh, yeah, yeah. I like OU812. It's just a different album. I know I have it probably ranked a little low. I I do like that album and I always have liked that album. And then Balance Uh, is last. uh, Yeah, Balance is is very, very underrated. There's a handful of songs that I think are great, but there's a, a, a stuff that's, that's, just doesn't do it for me but for me 5150 since the day i bought that cassette that has been that's one of my favorite van Halen. i'm I'm a roth guy but i love vin i love hagar as well but 5150 easily for me sunny 5150's desert island yep fuck would be second yep. because it has some amazing songs mm-hmm. balance would be third for me just wow. because not enough is so fucking amazing that's a good album and ou812 like I like more songs on balance than I do on OU812. Wow. I would probably, uh, 5150, definitely. Yeah. I'd probably go OU812, fuck, and then balance. Okay. I think Um, they're all good, though. They're all good. They're all good. And and I would think it's pretty fair to say that we've changed opinions just from reviewing these albums and then going back now and going, shit, I had that album right there. It's probably, I should rate that higher because you start, is thinking he talk- about is- these songs, I think he was talking about like, did any of these albums change since you were a kid? But I'm just saying in general, since we oh. reviewed them. Oh, since they reviewed changed. them, they've changed. I mean, I can uh, yeah. tell you right off the bat. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought Poison, Look What the Catcher I did was great. That album's d- garbage now. <laughs> that album is just a dumpster fire. It's horrendous. So that. But but so Zeus brings up a, a good point. It, like when, whenever we do our rankings, I, I'll look at it and be like, why is this album ranked 10th? <laughs> Oh, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, but, but, but that's the thing that I love about music so much. It's, it's, we talk about it on, on when we're doing kiss, it's like, okay, how do you feel like today? So when we rank these, it's like today, you know, and, and, and it's getting so difficult because almost even the albums that like aren't great, quote unquote, they're still listenable. I mean, I know, I know Zeus, you do it. And I'm sure Sonny, you do it. I have a playlist on my phone. Every time we get an album, add it to the ARC playlist and hit shuffle and you got 30 albums you're listening to. It's great. Yep. So, Sonny, yeah. would you say the same? Like you're, you've changed opinions on some. Yeah, I've not, because uh, we haven't really gotten two albums. I didn't really super know, like a few, like the soundtrack, right, and some of the yeah. fun stuff oh, we've done. Yeah, like yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I, man, that wasn't that bad actually. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. But a lot of the albums we've done are staples of what I listen to. Yeah. What's happened to me instead is like the album we're about to do. I'm just. People know it already. I'm just sort of straight up saying it. I'm a Y&T homer. I yeah. know I'm a Y&T homer. Of right? course. So I'm listening to these songs the other day, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to like that. <laughs> I'm just like that. Like, no. I want to be in Homer and say everybody should love this, but I'm listening to it going, I've got connections to this that those two don't have, and they won't let this go. I'm going to hear about this right Yes, you will. Right here. That's correct. You will. <laughs> yes, yes. But here's a spoiler. We have yet to do an album that I'm like, I will never listen to this. I agree. This fucking album is terrible. Every it's album true. that we've done has at least a handful of songs that, I'm not, I'm not, even Bad English, even Poison. Yeah. There's like a couple of songs on there that I will that I will listen to. 
there's nothing that I would regret buying or owning. No, yeah. I no, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, with that I'll being- tell you on the oh. on the poison thing, last thing. Go ahead. Uh, on growing up rock, we just did this concert thing. It's going to get released soon, but I was looking for an intro song. And I'm like, oh, I can do. Let me go through the show. I go to listen to it. I'm like, oh fuck, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. <laughs> let me go to the show. Actually, it was one of the better songs on that album. That's uh, true. Uh, no way, son. No way, son. Uh, no. Oh God, poor poison. <laughs> well, we're off to Y and T, Sonny. You've been. Since we met you, we knew that you were like a Y&T fan. You've been talking about this band forever. And I'm like, you know what? One of these days he's going to pick this band and I'm going to fucking rip it apart just to fucking see his soul burn up in flames. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's my chance or Tom's to get back at you for any fucking jabs you took at our albums and fans. We know this is one of your favorite. Why don't you let us know why you picked Y&T Black Tiger? Yeah, so you know, we'll talk about the history of the band a little bit. I'll just tell you how I uh, how I became a YNT fan, how I kind of came about this album. So, before we get started though, Dave Manichetti is coming through battling prostate cancer, right? So, yeah. yep, Dave, we want the best for you. There's no don't worry about what we talk shit on this thing. <laughs> don't worry about <laughs> those other two assholes. We want the best about for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we want the best for you. So fair enough. Fun. Yep. Um so Summertime Girls was my introduction. A lot of people the same way. Um, and I remember hearing it and going, meh, that sounds okay. Like it's 1985. Like I'm listening to Rad and Motley Crue and Slide It In and Prince and Hall of Notes. And I'm like, Summertime Girls, eh. I used to see the concert sh- t-shirts in high school all the time because I went to high school in the Bay Area. Um, saw the movie Real Genius. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, wait. I've heard that song before and it was summertime girls when they're coming down the little skate thing or the little slide thingy they made. And I'm still like, eh, meh. like <laughs> the song's okay. The movie was good, but I was like, this song's okay. Then I get a chance to see him live Halloween, 1986. They're playing the Concord pavilion. I lived right around the corner from the Concord pavilion. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go give these guys a shot. They're headlining. Okay. Whatever. Didn't cost too much to get there. So I'm good. And you got to remember, I'm 17, and I just got out of high school. So Y&T comes on stage, and Dave's got the sunburst Les Paul. And I'm like, oh, he must be an Ace fan. Like, I don't know. I don't know who these guys are, right? All I know is Kiss. And, and well, Ace plays a sunburst, so he mustn't play a, you know, must be an Ace fan. Hear Dave do the first guitar solo? I'm like, Ace, don't play like that. I didn't know guitars could do shit like that. Right. I always thought that it was the guitar. Yeah, it had a little bit to do with the guitarist, but that guitar that D Martini's playing sounds like that because it's partly the guitar and partly D Martini. Mm. So I just assume anybody playing a Sunburst Les Paul would sound like Ace, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know any better. And I'm like, man, the Ace don't sound like that. What the hell is that? And then I hear a couple other songs and I'm like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. So I go to the record store. I get down for the count. I get in rock. We trust. I get black tiger. I get earth shaker. I, anything I can find YNT, I'm going into the hole and getting it. And now I have seen YNT 53 times. 
Dear Lord. Wow. Right. And I absolutely love them. And to this day, the beauty about a Y&T show is you get about 200 to 500 people there, depending on where they're playing. And everybody knows every lyric. There is no fair weather. I came here to see bombs and explosions and the spaceman, the cat man. There's none of that Mm. shit. Everybody knows the music. So it is literally like being on the Kiss Cruise, a little Kiss community. Yeah. It's like a little INT community at that club that night. That's and awesome. I've been a fan ever since. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, for me, I guess we'll just like we always do go around. Like I I, I don't know if it's a coastal thing, you know, living in, in New England. And because all I ever knew from YT was Summertime Girls. And I, I thought it was a great song then. I think it's a fun song. I still think it's a fun song today. I never knew. I never knew that these guys have been around since the seventies. I, I thought that I thought Y and T was another throwaway hair band that sounded good with some cool melodies and riffs. I never knew anything about them. And I don't understand. And again, it's got to be a coastal thing. And when you read about them, we'll talk about their background. I know obviously Sonny's the Y and T guru here. It's really shocking because this is a band that, I mean, are, are they like the greatest band to come out of that area? Uh, no, but I, I mean, it's just shocking to me that this band with the fact that the longevity and how many albums that they had, that they just weren't bigger for us, at least that Zeus, when you tell your story, maybe you're different than me, but I, I just, I knew nothing about this band. And when we first met you, Sonny, I remember you talking about Y&T and you turned me onto them and I started listening to uh, the Mean Streak album and, and Black Tiger. And, and I was like, this is fucking great. Like 80s hard rock. It's not hair metal. It's like, it's, uh, to, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'll just say this now, just to kind of segue into it. I did a double take looking at these guys that they were from California. They sound to me a lot like a band, like they sound a lot like UFO. They sound a lot like some some of the some of the eighties rainbow stuff. They have a lot of British blues sound to them, and to hear that they're a Bay Area band that was shocking, and especially with Medicaid's voice. And you know, we'll talk about that more. But um, yeah, I I just I guess I'm. It's never too late to learn about a band, but I just can't believe I've spent my whole life knowing nothing but summertime girls with this band. Sonic has something delicious for you. Hey, announcer guy, that's your cue. Try the new Sonic Steak and Bacon Grilled Cheese. Savory steak mixed with grilled onions topped with crispy bacon and melty American cheese, plus creamy mayo and tangy barbecue sauce. Or try it spicy with zesty cheese sauce and jalapenos. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely craving that previously mentioned thing. Sonic Steak and Bacon Grilled Cheese. Mmm, Sonic. Limited time only or participating Sonic Drive-Ins. Uh, I think it's a trifecta. We all heard this band from Summertime Girls. I remember the video. I remember even my brother liked them. The other day, I told you, Tom, we were like at a picnic uh, cooking at my parents' house. My brother's like, what's that band again? What's that band again? They they had that song. And I'm like, I don't know. I know nothing until he said something like, I think they're from California or San Francisco. I'm like, oh, that's YT. Only because of you, Sonny. I'm like, and you're thinking of Summertime Girls. He's like, yeah, that's it. Even he heard about it. Yep. So I remember him liking that song and then me liking that song. I bought Down for the Count. I had the cassette. Uh, I ended up getting that album Contagious during the big hair thing. I remember playing that album and thinking this was, you know, fits the era. 
it, it, it sounds like it, it, it would work. Um, I never had this specific album. I remember you telling Tom in, in like some group text or something like, oh, start with this. I don't know. I think Tom went out and bought it. And I'm like, fuck that. Let him fucking suffer. <laughs> I didn't know anything. <laughs> of, I think nothing of it. And then when you pick this, it's one of those things that, you know what? If you didn't push us to do this, I never would have gotten into it. I never would have tried it. Uh, I'm glad you picked this. It's not one of these regretful things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I've always kind of had respect for YT. I just never listened to them. They are not, um, they're not, uh, how, how do you explain it? They're not some band that you would hear and you're like, oh, what the fuck is that? Not like, at all. You, that anybody could have a bad reaction to. No. It's, it's not Rush where you were even saying this is brilliant or this is the worst music I've ever heard. It It's hard for anybody, including myself, and as much as I want to go, fuck you, Sonny. You've broken my heart many times. I'm going to fuck yours to sit there and say, yeah, this is terrible. This is bad music. Bad musicianship, bad vocals, bad guitar. It's nonsense. Um, we'll we'll get into the album and the tracks and stuff, but I'm glad you picked this. Uh YT has just been one of those bands that's just under the radar. You yeah. know, it's it's been around, everyone knows them, everyone has respect for them. And what I from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sonny, a lot of other artists and bands have a lot of respect for Dave Menichetti and YT. Yes, yeah, yeah, see, so we'll, can you, see, if, see if you can educate us a little bit on, yeah. on on why this band did not have U.S. appeal across the board for 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 common for the common folk like well, us. I can tell you right now, he sent us photos as to why not. Yeah, they are not what you would call a handsome band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dave Manichetti doesn't look bad. No, there were some photos of some of these. I don't know if this was a joke. That you would send us photos of these people. It's not now, a joke. I don't know if it's nowadays it's they look like this or they look like that, like missing teeth, like all fucking yeah. banged up looking. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they That's well they, they didn't they never sold enough records to get a good dental plan. You can't blame them for that. <laughs> you know they're not selling records. But like looking at this band, like from this album at that era, they didn't look out of place. Right. 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 Yeah. All right. So let me do a quick history lesson here. So original band forms in '74 in Oakland. Leonard Hayes was the drummer, Manichetti, met local scene, jam parties, that kind of thing. They get their first gig. They don't have a band name. Leonard Hayes happens to be listening to Yesterday and Today. So mm-hmm. he tells the promoter the band's name is Yesterday and Today. Okay. Band starts out only doing cover songs, so they had any, any tunes written, and they were playing at jam parties. Spent the first couple of years in the Bay Area playing military bases and parties, playing free at local high schools, like wow. at lunch and stuff. To try to get the, you know, start creating a buzz. Yeah. They get bigger in the Bay Area. They go down to LA and they start being a staple in the LA scene in the mid 70s. So Van Halen opened for YT. Motley Crue's mm-hmm. first show was opening for YT. At the same time, the Bay Area, Eddie Money com- is coming up. Sammy Hagar's coming up. Greg Kin's coming up. Journey's coming up. They're all friends. Bill Graham's helping all of them kind of come through the, uh, come through the ranks. Y&T gets a chance to open for Queen in 75. The London Records president happens to be in the audience, sees them, signs Y&T to London Records. They do two studio albums in 76 and 78. But before the second album comes out, London Records dumps all the rock acts because they don't know mm. what to do with them. So now y and out there. 
They've been on London Records, so they obviously didn't get any promotion. They did like two kind of almost blues-based kind of, you can't even really call them rock-type albums. They're completely different, but it's mid-70s, so it fits the time. Mm -hmm. It takes them two years to get another record deal when A&M signs them because Jerry Moss saw, saw them first time, signed them on the spot. They're on A&M five, six years, have the hit Summertime Girls in 85, have a song and a commercial or two, but A&M doesn't know what the fuck to do with rock acts. <laughs> and basically, A&M's telling them, you just need to write 10 more Summertime Girls and we can do stuff for you. And it's like, dude, we, we can't just keep writing Summertime Girls. Like, it doesn't work that way. Right. They're on tour with Aerosmith. They meet Kaladner. Kaladner says, come to Geffen. So they get signed to Geffen. Geffen doesn't like their drummer. So Hayes is out. What was the matter with that drummer? Just didn't do it? Because Leonard, and you'll hear about it in the album with Max Norman too, Leonard is a major druggie. He was a major druggie at the time. Gotcha. Okay. So they get signed on Geffen in 86, which is literally a godsend and train wreck at the same time. Because as they're writing their next album, Geffen has GNR, Whitesnake, and Aerosmith. Right, the '87 record goes crazy. Appetite goes nuts, and Aerosmith's on a comeback. So they're like third fiddle on Geffen Records. Wow. So they're not getting any promotion. And if you listen to the stuff they're doing in '82, they're straight up new wave of British heavy metal. You mm-hmm. listen to the stuff they're doing in '84, it's straight up hard rock. It would be with Rat and those guys. Shout of the double. You listen to the stuff they're doing at Contagious. It's hair metal stuff that should be on the mm-hmm. charts. They're of the time. The problem is they keep getting fucked in this stuff. And then by the time the second record comes in Geffen, here comes Nirvana. Mm. So that kills it. So Dave's like, I'm done. He goes and does a couple of blue albums. They break up for a while, come back. And we'll talk about that in a second. What Zeus was talking about. Lars has said himself seeing Y&T live is what made him want to be a musician. Yep. Right. On the Morks. Like they're on almost every Monsters of Rock cruise. Um, Dave was sick on the last one, so he missed the last one. But I remember Extreme was on, Extreme got on late on the pool deck, and and Nuno comes up to the mic and he says, "Can we get the fuck on with it? I want to miss Y and T tonight. Like we got to get to the Y and T show. What the fuck are you guys doing? Let's go!" Right. So they're really the musicians' band because they were big in the late mid to late seventies in LA, all those bands that came out of LA all saw Y and T like playing the clubs and rocking it out. And they saw Menachetti doing his thing and they love these guys. So in the end, they're a club band. They're a niche band that can sell hundred dates a year. Europe, Japan loves them. U S kind of loves them. They can sell out a 200 to 500 seat or anytime they want. They get a double bill that can probably sell out a theater. If they're in the Bay Area, they sell out theaters all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're the musician's band. They're yeah. all the guys that are making all the money, loves YNT, YNT ain't making none of the money. That's just how it is. When you say the coastal thing, on our side of the world, when I say California, we didn't know who the hell Kicks was. Yeah. To us, Kicks was down clouds, your eyes. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. But then you talk to people on the East Coast, it's like, oh my God, Kicks is awesome. They've got all these albums, blah, 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 blah. Same shit. It's mm. you get stuck on the coast. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Not getting the push all the way across the country. You just kind of get stuck. 
No, that's, that's a good analogy because I remember in high school and like hearing kicks all the time, like the blow my fuse album and all that stuff and hearing that all the time. Uh, but it's funny. One of the things about Y and T and I was trying to think as I was like looking at like, like notes and info was, has there ever been a band who has never made it to the top, but has opened for the biggest bands in the history of rock and metal? I mean, Kiss, ACDC, Alice Cooper, Iron Maiden, Motley, Ozzy, Twisted Sister, Rush, Dio. They play with like White Snake. They play with all these. Like it's incredible. They've played with every huge band, and I guess maybe they can hang their hat on that. But it's it's funny how they just never made that bump. And Zeus, you said it. This is just this is blues based hard rock, meat and potatoes, just great guitar riffs and solos and you know I, I don't know maybe i mean i'll bring it up now because i have a couple comments on this with some of the songs and just y and t in general dave's voice is it, it's not a bad voice but it's not a booming powerful voice for me it always sounds like he's trying to to push his voice to a place that it might not be really good at doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Later albums. So you get to down for the count and contagious. Yeah. There's a few more effects on his voice that okay. make it of the time. Yeah. His voice. When you listen to, let's say struck down in 78 and you listen to earth shaker in 81, and then you get to black tiger in 82 by the time you get to contagious in 87, yeah, his voice is gaining more confidence. Okay, and in some of the reviews, uh, uh, when we review the songs, I'll tell you, you know, Dave has shared why some of that is. Okay, all right, yeah. I don't want to get into too much detail about the songs and Minichetti's voice. Okay, um, yeah. but I, I, I will say, they not them not getting big. In my opinion, it has nothing to do with his voice because I think he's got an excellent voice. I really, yeah, do. no, no, I, I don't, I don't think he, ha- no, no, I don't think he has a bad voice. I'm just thinking he doesn't have like one of those. For me, when I think of those bands, like some of those bands I named, those 80s, like those big 80s bands, it just doesn't seem like it's like it's just a big, booming, powerful voice. Certain songs, and we'll get into it, I think it is. But for me, I don't know. It just it that that was just like a personal taste that I had when I was listening. I'm, I'm going to say this a hundred times, probably for all these songs. It's fucking Sammy Hagar. I, I, I think he sounds exactly Sammy Hagar. Thought he's always sounded like Sammy Hagar to me. I think Sammy Hagar's got an awesome voice. It's not a big booming voice, but he's got a pop rock, hard rock voice. And I think this guy does too. I think his voice is fantastic. Um, I just don't think it's a, you know, a growl or it's got any bass in it, but it's got a great, like if he took any of those Van Hagar songs, I think you wouldn't really notice the difference and he could pull those off. Uh, I I think he's, uh, I'm amazed uh, about how good his voice is. Yeah. And then there's I, a, there's another and in the most part of the amazement is not even his voice from this album because I was fucking clueless about all this shit for my little knowledge of Y&T until like I just even said to Sonny before you got on Tom I'm like dude is that him <laughs> you're like yeah. yeah I'm like holy fuck and we'll get into that but um yeah yeah anyway um let's talk a little bit about the album so uh, Black Tiger came out in 1882. I don't know. Nobody knows when this came out. <laughs> Apparently it came out sometime in August of 1982. Um, it's produced by Max Norman. Now, Max is going to rival uh, Martin Birch. This is his second uh, time on our list. 
because he did Blizzard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And so he did all those Aussie albums in the beginning, Diary, Speak of the Devil, Bark at the Moon, and Tribute. He's done Coney Hatch, your favorite, Tom, Grim Reaper. Uh, well, rest, in, rest in peace, Steve Grimmett. I don't even know his name. That's just it. Knew just, his, wow. I just knew the guy that Beeps and Butter used to duel on. That's right. Um, I, w- I was going to say, see you in hell, my friend. Is that too soon? Oh, yeah. too, soon? Too, too soon? <laughs> yeah, Is that too uh, soon? <laughs> probably. We are wildness. That's um, offensive. Yes. And um, I got that from you, Tom. I got that from I you. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> good God. Pa... <laughs> Part of in hell favorite, Lizzie Borden. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, Tom's Tom Gelati's favorite, Dangerous Toys. Oh, God. Uh, Megadeth and Roughhouse. Oh, who the fuck is Roughhouse? Sonny, <laughs> tell us who Roughhouse is. You just sound like, who the fuck is Roughhouse? <laughs> <laughs> two F's. Yeah, of course. Is it is it R U F F house? <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be. You know what it is? Rough house is gonna be in that. I have a little thing cheat sheet on my iPhone. Bad bands, I call it. And I'll <laughs> pull them out from time to time. It's not such and such. Rough it's house rough house. That, yeah. Rough you know house. what's gonna happen now? We're gonna get a comment. I'm the guitar player for Rough House. Fuck you guys. Like yeah. watch. Yeah, and somebody's gonna be like, I, I'm so glad you guys brought up Rough House. Have you heard their third album? Yeah, no, exactly. I have never heard of the band. Yeah, and let me guess who would bring it up of all the people that'll bring it up, it'd either be like, uh, probably Brad Rustoven would know who Rough House is. Wouldn't we you love think, Brad? Don't make fun of him, yeah, but I'm not making fun of him. He's got a fucking knowledge of man's, he does that have an will rival he, anybody he I know. He does have an encyclopedic knowledge of, of bands like that. Yeah. And we love Brad. But have you ever seen some of his polls he puts up? Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> but if but but I will say, if Sonny doesn't know who Rough House is, then we're in trouble. Sonny's <laughs> yeah. pretty good at knowing. I things. just saw that name. I'm like, that's got to go on the fucking bad li- band list. <laughs> um, this is their fourth studio album. Uh, apparently, the Y&T uh, logo, which Sonny's got a really cool Y&T 40th anniversary black tiger t-shirt on right now um that logo started on this album um the album went uh i don't know what it went because there's no (laughs) stats on it and this is the band and uh sonny you've already mentioned who the 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 people in the band were at the time you want to say that again sonny yeah so just to kind of set up the album a little bit so earthshake earthshaker come on 81 it did well in Japan, did well in Europe, did yes. okay in the States. So they had a little bit of momentum. That's how they got Max Norman to begin with, right? Uh, recorded in England, same studio that Ozzy recorded in. These guys had never been out of the country. They had not been to Europe. So they, it was totally you know, totally foreign to them. Um, they, Dave was looking forward to working with Max because he had just got done working with Randy Rhodes, right? So Dave Medichetti's like, holy shit, I got the guy that was working with Randy Rhodes. So at this point, the band is Manichetti on technically lead guitar and vocals is the way it's listed. I don't know if he played any rhythms or not. Phil Kenamore on bass. He's passed away, died in 2011. Leonard Hayes on drums, passed away, died in 2016. And Joey Alves on guitar, who passed away in 2017. Jesus. So three of the original guys are gone. Wow. They're gone. That's sad. So if anybody's wondering why Y&T doesn't have the original lineup, it's because, well, they're gone. 
Yeah. Um, it's the 40th anniversary of the album, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Now, I have, and you told me not to get this version, so I bought it on Amazon, the CD, of course, and it comes with an extra song, Somebody For Me, but there's only nine songs supposedly on this. And on this, I don't know if you have this version, there's a nice little stories in here talking about the band, and in that, they talk about the fact that when they went over there to tour or something, they had no idea how popular they were in England. So part of that new wave of British heavy metal, they're kind of that sound was kind of lumped in because they're produced over there. That's the kind of music there. And they found Max Norman. And all of a sudden, that's the sound that's coming to America. It's one of those things like, shit, nobody likes me over here, but I'll go over there like a little Jimi Hendrix. Not saying the music. He's the guitarist, Jimi Hendrix. But like Hendrix got big when he went to England before he got it big in the United States. Similar here. That's that's exactly that was exactly my point. And and I'm surprised, Zeus, with with your love of like British hard rock, you know, like 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 Rainbow and and White Snake, that you are not a UFO fan. You you, it's a band that I just never listened to. I'm telling you, check them out. They're fucking awesome. They fly under the radar for a lot of those other bands. I mean, I know guys like Eddie Trunk love them and like bands like that. But like when I hear when I heard Black Tiger, that's why I said earlier, I'm like, this sounds like a British right in that in that frame that the, the sound even Manichetti's voice and the and just the construct of the songs um so I, I but that makes sense but they're being produced by that and that's that like you said that's why they have a huge following over in that part of the that part of the world because they're like shit these guys could be our guys yep 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 yeah. so um and you got to remember the albums that are out right now scorpions blackout rush signals yeah iron maiden number of the beast priest just released screaming for vengeance Van Halen has just released Diver Down. So music like from the Elder just came out. Songs, <laughs> I was yeah, just yeah. Creatures <laughs> have just come out, right? Yeah. So when we're talking about the songs later, you'll feel that, you know what? They could have matched these guys. Yes. Okay. It's not Scorpions Blackout. Blackout sold a lot better, but Scorpions were also pushed a lot better. They had a better record company. They knew oh, who totally. they were. The yeah, time, exactly. Right? So. Yeah. So, Sonny, you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, album cover? Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned, this is a logo that they end up going with. I kind of like the the sword things on the side and with the black tiger kind of being like on this, you know, almost like a ribbon or like a curve, like McDonald's or something like that. And then you get this robotic tiger, which started this robotic thing with Y&T. Mean Streak ended up being a, like a robotic serpent. Then there was a robot on In Rock We Trust. So it started a little bit of that. And I don't know if you noticed, but the yellow wire is ripping off mm-hmm. the right paw, right? So I wonder if that's the artist going, Black Tiger's about to go off, mm. right? Like it's it's a little, it just is ready to kind of let loose. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense. But yeah. uh, I really like the cover. I think it's a really cool drawing. I think this cover is incredible. I, it, it's like a mech, like a like a fucking robotic kind of like you said, and and all the little little designs around the edging, like you said, the swords on the side, and just all the little extra little things that like that they filled in. Um, it's a it's a real eye catcher, and you could see. You know, that's another thing you, you're thinking about record sales. I mean, this is at the this is right right around that time when when like album covers 
you know, were like a huge thing for bands. And I mean, first of all, it's a black tiger with a red background, tons of cool details all around the edges. I, I think it's a standout um, for a front album cover. I like it. Um, I, I, I equate this to a house with crown molding. That's there you what go. this album cover has like All the right. little details, little little sculpture. There's maybe the little couple fat cherubs in the corner with them, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yep. honestly, I everything that from the actual logo, it's sharp. Yep. The uh, tiger's got definition to it. It's a, it's it fits what's coming out these days as far as album covers and details, and they put some effort into this. I think this is a very good album cover. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my God. I just realized this. I've had this album forever. Okay. So look on the left side where the crown molding is on, uh, where the elbow would be of the right paw. That looks like the fence is getting torn. It is. So is the tiger jumping through the fence? Well, wait, yeah. Look at it because see the left, the, the that little silver ball is popped out. Cause on the right side, see how yeah. it's in place. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's the tiger about to come through the fence. Yes. He's ju- he, he, br- and that's probably why his, why his claw, that yellow wire is, is ripped because he's ripping through the cage. Yeah. Yep. Never, nice. never dawned on me before. And nice. the tongue is curled a la Gene Simmons. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. See, this is what you get on ARC. We break down album covers for you. And you got some the tongue has abs. Is your tongue supposed to have abs? Uh, the, the, the tongue actually looks like a snake. A little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess so. Huh? Yeah. And I like the little griffin heads at the top on yeah. the opposite yes. ends of the logo. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this cover. It's real. And I like how Y and T, the letters, like how they kind of sparkle on the edges. Like it kind of, they kind of give it like a little gleam there. It's very cool. Yeah. Like the like the teeth commercial and people go. Bing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bing. Very Down cool. Back, yes. Zeus, you know, mentioned they're not handsome men. Let's 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 call it what it is. I would tell you if you see real pictures of these guys, Ken Amore was probably the best looking guy, and mm-hmm. Medicaid's obviously not a bad looking guy either. Yeah, the other two were who's you know, fucking they, Aldo Nover in Al Pacino's son there? Who's that <laughs> Serp- guy? <laughs> the serpical photo? Yeah. Who is that guy? So, so the guy all the way to the left on that photo is Ken Amore. Okay. That's the bass player. This guy? Yeah. Yep, that's the bass player. Wow, the, he he looks like Menachetti. At least in this. Yeah. And and then there's so the I love like, child of Paul Stanley and Eric Singer. Who's that guy? That's Leonard Hayes. <laughs> that's oh. the drummer. <laughs> Zeus is like hard. And it, oh. it uh he didn't age well, as you saw in the picture. Yeah, what the fuck was that? You scared us <laughs> with sending that. Nice. So the art, the art picture on the back. It's a good way to go because, come on, they're not Bon Jovi. So why pimp them that way? Exactly. Right? Peter Chris from the 80s is in there. Yeah. 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 Give, give them a little bit of an artwork overlay so you don't really see how ugly they are. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Two of the guys don't look bad. No, they, they look like a typical 80s rock yeah. band. There's nothing really outstanding yeah. or, or, you know. Except unusual. the beard. The beard's got to go. You can't have that in a hair metal. Yeah, that's true. When that comes out, you know. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, not, not a lot of beard, except for uh, what's his name there in uh, Rainbow. We did Down to Earth. Was it Roger Glover? He looked like he was like a freaking eighth grade, like chemistry teacher playing the bass. <laughs> With his safari hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, there's only nine tracks. The first is an instrumental. Let's hear it. 
from the moon. All right. So you go to a live Y&T show and from the moon starts playing before they come on stage. I'm telling you, I just got goosebumps telling, saying it out loud. The vibe in there gets nuts because you know, you're about to get your ass kicked and Y&T to this day in Manichetti is 68. They are awesome live. Okay. I love that it's short. I love there's a couple of guitar parts that are laid over each other. It was Joey's idea. They didn't have an idea to put this thing at the front of it. It was Joey's idea to make an inter- instrumental piece. And I think Max Norman saw it as like a hellion to electric eye. I don't know if he had heard Screaming for Vengeance already. I don't know if it's a coincidence. But in my opinion, this is Max Norman's fault. This is why this exists. It's all Max Norman. But it was Joey's idea to make an instrumental. It's fine with me. All right. So from the moon. So first of all, it's interesting to open up an album with a little mini instrumental. And and Sonny, I, I, I've never seen Y&T, but I can imagine this is a killer way to get the crowd going. Like you hear that opening riff and you're like, OK, shit's going down. I just feel a little cheated because it appears elsewhere on the album. Don't if you're going to give me something, if you're going to. First of all, you only got nine tracks. One of them's an instrumental and the instrumental is part of another song. But I like it. All right. Um, I don't have a problem with it. It's not a, it's not Krakatow. Krakatow is amazing. (laughs) I would rather listen to this 40 seconds. Nice little. Like, I I think this is a decent opening thing. It almost like they could have just put this in and just called this open fire intro. And just said open fire and just put this in the beginning of open fire. So you you don't you, you don't like when they did like intro to shame and then shame, shame, shame. Yes. Like, or if you think about Unchained the Night from Dokken. Yeah. They have that little thing. It's not a separate song. Right. 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 It's yeah. Yeah. It's Unchained the Night. Right. They could have put this in the beginning of open fire and just well they didn't. They put it in the beginning of another song that's already on the yeah. album. <laughs> that's why I blame Max Norman. I think somebody told him album's too short or you need something else. Just kite that. Do that. Well, yeah, exactly. but I like what you're saying. Every fucking concert, you know, as soon as this comes, oh, here they come. It's the who. Uh oh, the curtain's coming down for kiss. You know what's coming next. Or rock and roll is playing. So, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I, I like that. So, no, I it, mean, it, it's instrumental. You could throw it away. You could keep, but it's yeah. not a bad instrumental. And better no. yet, it's short. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's Agreed. go to track number two. Keep control 
Open Fire. So I would say this song fits with what hard rock bands were doing at that time. Love the little jazzy drum intro start. And Max Norman. So Leonard Hayes absolutely hated Max Norman. So Leonard was doing every drug that was available. Phil never got up before noon, one o'clock, and he was a heavy, heavy drinker. And Max was all about the rhythm section has to be perfect. Do it over, do it over, do it over. So Phil was like, look, whatever. I'm just going to go back and get drunk again after Leonard's done. But Leonard was fighting it the whole way. But it worked out in the end. Simple riff. I love those little drum fills to the verses. The guitar fills every once in a while, total earworm. No backing vocals, didn't need it anyway. And you get an idea of Dave's voice is pretty gritty, but it's pleasing to the air, ear. And it's it's not super dynamic. Okay, it, it gets there later albums. Every time I hear this song, it puts me literally in the crowd. Like anytime this song comes on, I remember being in a Y&T crowd. Like this live absolutely kills. And the guitar solo is not super flashy, but it absolutely fit, fits the song. Dude, I fucking love this song. Listening to this song, I this right here, I don't understand how this band was not bigger. Um, th- this song absolutely rips. I mean, if you are a fan of, you know, 70s, 80s, hard rock, you, how, I don't know how you can't not love this song. It's it's an absolute killer of a track. It, it the, the band, the production on this album, and you said the rhythm section, just outstanding. Dave sounds great. It's got a cool solo. Like you said, it's not super flashy. And I really like one of the little things I like is after some of the verses, there's like a little bit of a noodling by the guitar. It's like, like yeah, I, yeah, I, just, yeah. I think those little things and then it, yeah. the tempo of the song, it, it's, it's a killer. Now the lyrics, has there ever been a song where a guy is telling you that he is going to jizz all over the stage? <laughs> There, that, I don't think that is. I don't even think Paul Stanley ever did that. I'm going to open fire all over this place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm listening to the song. I'm like, really, Dave? This is what we're going to start with right now, brother. I love I, it. I think that's why Sonny picked this song. So we can throw in the Peter North reference that Peter North <laughs> is going to just spray the whole crowd in the front because this is what's go- happening in open fire. It's a killer uh, track. And I will say just let me before you jump in, Zeus, I have heard this once in a while on satellite radio. The Boneyard will play Y&T every once in a while. It, it, it's a it's a killer song. And and. A huge thing for me, and I've already said it, is just that production. The drums and bass sound so thick and full on this album, and that that really you can, that really shines on this song. So one of the things I'm, I'm going to say again on this album is that the lyrics are from all four members. So I'm not going to repeat myself and say it every song. Gotcha. But the lyrics are, are credited to all four members. Uh, Sonny and I were just talking a little bit off air, like, how the fuck does Menachetti, like, didn't you write all this stuff? And uh, what did you say to me, Sonny? Yeah, so early on, it was really Leonard and Dave that started the band. And Leonard was a pain in the ass. So it was easier just to split everything four ways. Later, 
when you get to the mid eighties, late eighties, basically everything's being done with Menachetti and Kenamore and the other two guys aren't writing much at all. And Joey will talk about a little bit, but I think Joey was coming up with ideas. He couldn't always play them, but he was coming up with ideas. Okay. So this is why I said to you, this is Sammy Hagar. This is a Sammy Hagar type song. I think he sounds like Sammy Hagar. I think the music sounds like a Sammy Hagar, Van Hagar kind of song. And that's a positive thing, as we would say on the show, Tom. That is a positive thing. So I I can't complain if I hear this. Yeah, this sounds like an opening kick-ass song. I'm going to come over here and fucking rock you out and jizz on you and whatever else he's saying. (laughs) Um, The thing that got me, and um, it's repeated throughout this album. I am shocked how much I love the guitar on this. Oh, I am awesome. shocked how good of a guitar he is. I yep. love the fucking tone. I think all his solos are super melodic. There, there's a point to everything he's doing. It's not like stupid shit. Vinny. Ingve. It's just. It fits the song and it goes right back into it. I I think I'm, and then I'm like, dude, I don't remember hearing Dave Minichetti as a guitar God, but I'm like, holy shit, mm. this guy fucking rocks. Mm. And the solo on this, I will say, I'll say it every fucking song. I think I'm like, I, the first thing I put on this is, wow, I'm impressed on this. And even the outro is pretty nice. The nice leads mm. he does on that outro. Um, I said, yeah, it's Sammy Hagar musically and vocally. He even says fair warning a couple times. Mm, little Roth Van Halen era yeah, mixing up everything. Riff. There's some good drumming on this song. I, it's a good rock song. Yeah. You know, it's not the greatest song of all time, but it, it almost reminds me of like uh, a coming at you live uh, Tesla. Like mm. we're fucking here and this is going to rock you out and mm-hmm. this is, be prepared. This is our opener and you're going to get fucking have a great night of rock music tonight yep uh okay track number three Don't want to lose. Um, <laughs> before we get to this song, Azu said something about Tesla. Tesla's favorite band, Wine Tea. Um, Who meth key? So, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to lose. So now you get kind of the radio vibe. It's more of a pop song. Doesn't surprise me that they had a pop type song here because Journey and Y&T at the time were sharing management companies, and they played with Journey a bunch. And Journey had just released Escape. 
right? So that all kind of makes sense. You got that simple bass thump going with a simple guitar riff, got a little chug chug in the verses. Dave doesn't have a pop voice. And this is when I say it all the time on this damn show that the vocal melody is so important to me is because it ends up, if you're not going to be a dynamic singer, then you better have the right vocal melody because otherwise I'm going to lose interest because you're going to be super boring to me, right? So that's, and here's a great example of a great vocal melody. The guitar tone, like Zeus says, just pleasing to the air, ear. You get a simple guitar solo for a pop type song. And then he actually does a bunch of noodling at the end, but Max Norman kind of dumps it behind the outro chorus because he's like, if this is going to be a radio hit, what Menachetti's doing underneath can't be too loud, otherwise can't get on the radio. So I think Max knew what he was doing. Song did well in the UK. This is what cemented them in Europe. This was the song. Every th- you mentioned a ton of things that I have in my notes. First of all, Journey. I said this. I, I said this could almost be like a like a a heavy song for Journey. Um, and then also I have that this is the kind of song that really suits Dave's voice. When he's not trying to like sing to the back row, although he he can still do that. But I think this type of song suits him. This song right here is to me, again, I keep saying it. 80s, early 80s, rainbow, British, British, like that kind of British rock. It's no surprise that this is the song that made it big for them. Um, it's got a really cool vibe to it. The band sounds great. The chorus and then that. That little that after the after the, the after the chorus that little that little like group kind of uh, follow up it, it it sounds like like that standard kind of like seventies eighties like arena like some almost like Kansas would do or like Boston or or one of those bands and I I think you know coming off after open fire and then doing a song like this I'm like all right I'm 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 on board with this album right here I think I think it's a really cool tune uh, don't want to lose you. I'm going to repeat a lot of what you guys are saying. I my my comments are very 80s. I like this song, especially the chorus. It's got a nice riff. To me, I got Foreigner, uh, Greg King band, yep. things like that. Things that uh, that I would in the in about 80 to 82 when I'd go to the uh, the the skating rink to skate on Friday night. <laughs> yep. Music that I would hear: Red Rider, uh, Foreigner. Uh, something like, you know, head games is a little, but this, the chorus is very eighties earworm stuff Wicked. that you Wicked. can hear it. And, yep. uh, it's got a nice, again, a nice melodic. So don't want to lose you. Like that's mm-hmm. a eighties thing. Big time. Can't yep. explain it. But if you grew up listening to that kind of music, you, you get it. It's, it's not, um, it's not the harder rock. It's, not, it's almost like the Holland Oates foreigner like that level of rock like that 80s like arena radio rock yeah, type stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, but you get it when you hear it that earworm you can pick it up the skating rink shit you would hear but uh, i i like the song it's catchy yeah it's a, um, a song like this like these two songs right here i'm like i don't understand how this band wasn't bigger when this album wasn't bigger. right off the bat you two songs oh, right here. i will say this they're good songs i wouldn't call them Great songs, no, but, but okay, good songs. Well, some of the albums that were huge in this era did not have great songs on them. But the, I think the, like it's Sunny, an image like, thing in the eighties and stuff. It's also it's, image and it's also production. Uh, and I'm it's sorry. also management, 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 A&R, all yeah. sorts of shit. They like, one band hits it and one band doesn't, and you you know it's just inches sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Yep. All right, 
this one was off of Crazy Nights. <laughs> high water so vocabulary lesson for the day homogenized mm-hmm. means Dude. to be made uniform or similar just in case you didn't know this um so you got a anthem type song with a call and response type chorus to me the talk singing absolutely wor- works you got the super gritty like dirty riff with like a pocket groove in the in the music Dave doesn't have the vocal dynamics. And when he screams, I call it a yelp. It's more like a yelp than it is a scream. Um, I absolutely love the little musical transition between the first and second verse because that's an earworm to me. And then you get that breakdown at 145. You get a melodic start of the solo and a Y and T staple. You either get a yelp and then you go to the fast solo or you get a snare hit. And you go to the fast solo. That is a Y and T absolute staple. And that's, it's like when you're in the crowd, you're waiting for that one hit to happen because you know that it's going to start getting ripped at that point, right? And Dave is good with the guitar solos live, meaning that he knows when it's important to keep the melodic piece right. And he knows when he can go off. So he knows that the beginning part of this has to be right because people are listening for that. But after the Yelp, he can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's just supposed to be fast and it's live and he can just let his guitar do his thing. The only thing I don't like about this song, it ends abruptly. I blame Max Norman for some reason. Why didn't he leave like two seconds for the next song? Like it just ends and then like next song starts. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that's the only that's the only inks on this song. Yeah, I'll stop by what, what the thing you started with homogenized dude you that you you're in a you're you're in a you're in a fucking rock band dude that lyric that should never be a lot that's why you're not big y and t this is the beginning this is when the lyrical downfalls the slide begins on this album right here homogenized my word dave now that being said love the big thunderous drum intro sleazy slow groove the chorus i love the call and answer chorus wicked 80s big like anthemic type stuff but sonny you said it it's not great for dave's voice it's just like it it's this is exactly what I'm, he's, he's trying to do something that his voice it doesn't sound bad and it doesn't you know it, it it's not hurtful to the ears but you can tell like he's pushing himself to a place that is not really 
where he should be pushing himself to vocally. I think it just, and I think that's always kind of been the problem with me for Y and T. Um, but I think musically, I, I like the little breakdown with the solo. Uh, and I love the ending, how the music slowly, slowly fades out. And it's just the call and answer, uh, hell or high water. It, it's, it's a, it's a cool song, but I don't want, don't, don't homogenize. Just don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> hell or high water. Oh, now I know why Y&T never made it big. <laughs> there you go. If you think his voice is bad and you think that lyric homogenizes bad, those two things aren't even close to being the worst things. This is planet type of bad chorus. Whoa. Fuck. This what? is so bad. Come hell. Yeah, but you got to remember 1982. It's 1982. Oh my God. This is Horrible. So wow. Stupid. This is so stupid. It's bad Van Hagar. Bad Van Hagar. Bad, bad. Very bad, Jerry. Very Van bad. Halen. Van Halen would never even imagine writing a song like this. I don't ever. know where you guys are coming up. There's an issue with his voice. This guy's got a great voice. I don't see any struggling. I don't hear any bad thing. Look at Sammy Hagar type great voice. No, you got to stop with the Sammy Hagar shit. Oh, it it's, is. It's not. Dude. It is. It's very Sammy Hagar. Some of it sounds like it's some even of in it, here where they're talking about it. Some of it is, but Sammy Hagar would kill this song if he sang it instead of Dave. Sammy he Hagar would. wouldn't sing this song because he'd be like, this song sucks. I'm a what is doing. Sammy Hagar saying, I can't drive 55. He would sing this. Dude, that's a great song. What yeah, it is, about? but it's a yeah, it is, but it's about getting a speeding ticket. So let's be serious. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> it is a great song. <laughs> this is just bad, guys. Come on. This is planets. Chorus bad. Oh, so fucking come. <laughs> First of all, it sounds like he's saying, hey, not hell. And, and I, I couldn't pick that up. Hello, um, hallelujah. I will give him this because every song on this album has got a fucking kick ass solo. Yes. Not just like, oh, the solo's not bad. There's a little thing. No, like the solo is great on this song. So I want to like this song. It's, I'm like, it's a nice solo. I'm like, actually, no, it's a really good solo. Then when the music drops and it's just it. the chorus, hell, <laughs> hell, <laughs> it's like kiss, eat your heart out, bad fucking decision making. Like who the like fuck told you to be like this? But but do you hate to be homogenized though? That's the big thing. That's not even the worst part of the song. This fucking chorus is horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. Um, but I I mean I again. I can't hate it a hundred percent because he fucking right. I'm like, holy shit, his guitar playing, that tone, the, the melodicness of of his playing is fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now let's listen to uh off of uh Hot in the Shade forever. <laughs>
okay, so forever. So let's talk about Joey a little bit. We talked about it a little bit before. Joey's role in the band was the melodic riff guy. That's who he was. And a lot of the times he couldn't play the riff that was in his head. So he would hum to Dave, wah, 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 you know, whatever. And Dave would go here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. So I think jo- Joey ended up understanding very, very quickly. Dave's better than me. I just need to let him be him and ride with him. Dave would tell you Joey Alves is the best rhythm guitar player I've ever played with my whole life. Wow. Right. So, but Joey just didn't have the confidence. Right. So Joey, a lot of forever is made by Joey musically at 45 seconds. When that, when the song kicks in, dude, this, a lot of the times is the concert closer. The really? fucking crowd goes absolutely nuts. Mm. Right. Wow. Um, you get that chugging type riff, which is great. The hot, hot, you know, the earworms, oh, yeah. the dive bombs during the pre-chorus. Awesome. Super catchy chorus, but not really written for radio, to be honest. Um, now in the lyrics. So I love, and you hear it more in the second verse. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he'll say the word high. We're flying so high tonight, which is the fourth. He waits till he says it the fourth word. Mm-hmm. Then he says, touch your touch. He says it the second word. Then the, then he says strong and strong is the first word right after. Yeah. So he goes four, two, one. I think that's done on purpose to be honest. Otherwise I'm giving him a lot of credit. On, no, it's, on the, could be thinking of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, you get that at five Oh six, he's holding that forever note. The best he can hold it with the dynamics that he has to try to make it an epic end to the song. So now you can understand why it would be the closer of the set mm. because you can keep that end going, going, going with a big boom at the end and the show's over. So that's why close forever is one. So of they start Ryan with T's fans favorites. So Sonny, they start with from the moon in a concert and then they would end with forever and the forever always ends with from the moon. At, like at the end as well. So do they do right. their concerts yeah, like that? You're saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm. because if you play from the moon at the beginning, you can open with open fire. You can open with yeah. mean streak. You can open with pretty much anything you want, right? But you want forever really at the tail end of the show because this is a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is a sign. We're spending a lot of time talking about Dave's voice, or at least I am. I, I think his voice sounds great here. I think um, the bridge in, into the chorus is a little bit, it's not terrible, um, but all those little vocal flourishes that kind of Sonny talked about where they, you know, they kind of whisper the word after, you know, the spoken, the whisper there. I think that's really cool. I, I think the verses, and I think the rhythm, the guitars, it, it's a, it's a well-crafted song. Uh, it's just the chorus, you know, I mean, it's forever, whatever, but I, I think this is, I think this is a, another good one here. And I think Dave sounds really good vocally here. Uh, forever. So, I've been listening to this album for God knows how long now, because that's what I do when I, when we get these out and I'm like, I'm talking a couple days ago, ready to be like, all right, this is the worst album we've done. All these songs. Uh, bleh, 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 bleh. And then it just took one time to like it, something clicked when I heard this specifically song and I read the lyrics with it. And I picked up what you're saying. It's got that say, yeah, kind of thing where the word comes out and then the core and then the echo of the word, which 
works. I wish he did it a little bit more. Like I, I, you know, somebody else surrender all my love and you, you like harder, but it does get louder as the song goes along. This is a very melodic song. Um, lyrically, musically, very melodic. And I, I, I'm telling you, uh, as I listen to this more and more, it didn't just go, yeah, this is probably going to be my favorite track on this. This is going to be like a song that I really like that I never would have discovered had you not picked this. This is a fucking very good song. Um, I think the pre-chorus is good. I love the chorus as well. The drums are good on this. The build-up to the guitar solo is really cool. And then that solo is fucking awesome. At the end, when he does the outro and he's screaming, falling and falling and like that is very melodic, very catchy. And then boom, back to from the moon. I'm like, oh shit. And as you're telling me this is what they do in concert, I can totally picture this. And it makes perfect sense. Then maybe forever should have been the last track on this album. And it would have made sense that way, Mm, but not in this placement here. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm, I'm, this is the song that made me thankful. You picked this album. That's what I'll leave it at. Nice. Um, now let's find out why I'm mad that you picked this album. Next song. Tiger. All right. So in the intro, you get those jungle sounds and that was Mac, Max Norman's idea. So they were Max and Dave were trying to make the sounds. They couldn't figure it out. Some of, some of the sounds they made, made it in there, but they went, they sent some schmuck to the library to get jungle sound record and just oh basically it off the record is basically what they ended up doing. Um, <laughs> so then you get the guitar fade in and then that snare hit. And bam, we go. Like, that's the Y&T thing, right? Um, it, this is usually the first encore song live. So the, it absolutely worked. Crowd's nuts. 
you got the simple riff. You even got bass fills here. You can super hear them in the second verse if you're really listening. Guitar solo is absolutely awesome. And I am a goddamn sucker for the toggle switch, right? I love oh, the yeah. volume swells and the toggle wah, switch. Wah, 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 wah. And Dave doesn't do it a lot with the toggle switch. He doesn't overdo it. He's done it sparingly through all the albums. But when it comes up, he does it really cool. So that Where does he do it on this I'm song, Sonny? It's in the solo. That's the toggle switch. I got I got to listen to it a little more than Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll tell you the Aussie story real quick. So Dave Dave has told the story many times. They're playing with ACDC in 82 for those about to rock tour. They're on their last show in Dublin. We get off the stage. Ozzy's in the back stage room with Sharon. Ozzy gets on his hands and knees with all the band members standing by Dave and begs Ozzy or uh, Ozzy begs Dave to be Randy's replacement. Wow. In front of the other band members. Holy shit. So what is Dave goes, I I don't know what to say. Like my band members are standing right here. We've got a little bit of stuff going on. I don't want to go play, you know, guitar for somebody else. So he says, I got my own fish to fry here, but I appreciate the offer. And that was the last time the Ozzy thing was dead immediately. So he could have been, the Randy Rhodes replacement, but in the end, do you really want that job? Maybe you make more money, but yeah. you don't get to do your own thing. Where was it? Where was this after Brad Gillis and Brad Gillis was leaving? Well, Brad Gillis was only temp anyway. Brad, no, no, I understand that there was another guy that, that came in before him. But when when yeah. did he come in? Was it before Jakey Lee? At, you know, before Brad Gillis? Yeah, this is before. This is after Gillis before Jake. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, so Black Tiger, I think, first of all, I love the intro. I love the jungle sounds and that kind of menacing little riff. And then, like you said, just boom, and then the song gets into it. The first thing I notice about this song, the unbelievable groove that the drums and the bass are carrying throughout this. Sonny, you said it, and especially in that second verse, those bass fills are fucking incredible. It reminds me of some of the stuff that Gene Gene Simmons does in, in certain old songs, like stuff on Dress to Kill, like some of the stuff he does with his bass. Um, the chorus is okay. The solo rips. I I love this song because I think it's, it's different. It's not, it's, it's got a little bit of a, of a kind of a swagger to it, like a groove to it that where some of the other songs are just kind of that meat and potatoes, hard rock, which is obviously awesome too. Uh, but I think that what the bass and the drums are doing here is it's, I think it's a really cool song and a solo. You said the solo just rips on this one. This, this is a standout track for me. And I think just the kind of like that fun intro just kind of adds a little bit to it. Uh, Black Tiger. Yeah. The jungle noises. What's that fucking old 50s song? The Oh, the lion sleeps to, <laughs> yeah. to the, uh, the, the oh. lion t- in the jungle, the quiet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lion sleeps tonight. I win my way. I win my way. No, please yeah. don't. Please don't. <laughs> I win my way. Yeah. Um, and then you get the little. <clears throat> Like thinking on holy's gonna come out. My legs, I love it. It's like menacing. Yeah. Um, I do hear a lot of bass. I put that in my notes here. Another awesome solo. But I will be honest. You you tell us about Black Tiger the album. You like I'm thinking this is the title track. I'm waiting to be blown away, and I'm like, eh. I mean, it's okay. Uh, again, I'll probably say, what was I thinking in six months when I have to listen to a little more. Hmm. But right now I'm like, it's a good song. It's, but I would expect it to be a little, 
I don't know. I, I maybe I'm thinking it's going to be like more open fire, more balls in your face, you know. Hmm. But uh, it's a decent song. Uh, oh God, let's go to the next one. So I don't think we're going to agree on Barroom Boogie. So let me tell you why this song exists. Phil was known to drink a lot, wake up the next day and not have a clue where the fuck he was. Okay. He lived most of his life that way, lived the rock star life. So this is Phil writing the lyrics about a night. This is Phil's, it would be a page in his book. This would be a chapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. To me, it is lyrical gold because I love that blues boogie. I love it when it has great guitars, got a cool rolling bass line, but it doesn't overpower the story. Yes. The, the lyrics are a little cheesy live. They get even cheesier because instead of PhD, he says, but you got to be into Y and T. He doesn't even say PhD. It says Y and T live, right? So it gets even cheesier. I love this guitar solo so much that it was Dave who really introduced me to, well, this is what blues is, and then go start checking out Stevie Ray Vaughan and that kind of stuff. That's what kind of got me into it. The song is fun to me, and I think it might be a little dirty, kind of like what you were talking about, Peter North with the open fire thing. (laughs) He says, come on, put me back on the bed, get down. Ooh, she blew my head. Is he talking about his penis? Yeah. No, no, he wouldn't be t- talking about that. That's my sure lyric. That. Yeah, ex- yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> Dude, um, uh, uh, I mean, what? Uh, first of all, that I don't know what is happening with the main. That I'm like, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, is this like a parody? He's like, I was getting real legless. I'm like, wait, it, 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 it's like it Paul sounds St- like Jericho doing Paul Stanley. It, it, that's exactly what it is. I'm like, it, it, it's like it, the whole song is like if you if you cut and paste Paul Stanley's banter and yeah. turn it into a song, that's what this is. Yeah. You know they should I mean? call it Paul's banter. That's what it is. I mean, it's the song is horrendous, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm sorry. The way it shifts gears into the chorus, I, I was driving today. I was running some errands. I'm driving and I'm, I'm listening to the chorus. I'm like, the chorus sounds like a commercial for like chilies. <laughs> it's like, come on, have a drink on me. Cut loose. <laughs> and I'm picturing a bunch of guys like walking into chilies after work, you know, ordering like boneless buffalo wings or whatever. <laughs> like, but the the song is ridiculous. When he starts saying like he woke up next to Frankenstein's daughter, and stuff, just it's ridiculous. But you know what though, I give him credit because it's fucking funny. It's it's just fun. 
if we're rating the girls one to ten, do you think the girls are rating the guys one to ten? Oh hell yeah! So are they like podcaster two, non-podcaster? <laughs> well, got to give them a five. Went on the kiss five, cruise uh, zero. One. Went on two kiss cruises <laughs> negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Barroom Boogie, the bass intro. You're right, Tom. I call this like a very George Thorogood type of song. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then it, with Thorogood's always talking in, in the song. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Tom. This is Paul Stanley banter made into a song. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. I don't care. It works. I find this funny. When I first heard this, I was like, holy shit, this is so bad. I can't believe Sonny says this is one of his favorite albums. This is the stupidest fucking song. By the end, I'm like, yeah. Exactly. I will say again, Sonny, that fucking solo is blistering. Uh, again, like, what the fuck? I never knew this existed. Uh, but it's a fun song. It reminds me like a lot of like country music artists always put a stupid, like kind of like a hokey kind of funny song yeah, in the middle yeah, of their yeah. thing. This is one of them. And I, I, I actually enjoyed this. It's actually yeah. fun. Now uh, let's do uh no pain, no gain next. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what's this one called? God. Uh- Way or the highway. All right. So you got stripped down, straight ahead blues rock here to me. This is one of the few songs, YT doesn't do it often, but there's different things going on in the headphones. So if you listen to this song with your headphones on, there's actually two different things going on in the ears, which always fuck me up because I'm deaf in that one ear. But um, starts with a bass and drums, just Dave singing, you got a simple riff groove is undeniable in this song and you got a lot of drum accents actually happening 
in the chorus, which are simple, effective though. Uh, guitar solo, super simple here. And this is where I hear the Sammy Hagar. Sammy would kill this song. I don't know if the lyrics would fly today. I lift the girl's skirts just to show I could. I don't know if those would fly today. <laughs> but uh, besides that, uh, I, I actually like those lyrics too. You know, that's just me. Um, and then, you know, you got the at the end. Love it. This is just terrible and not fun. It, this is really bad. I'm, I'm, I, all I could think about was even Paul Stanley is like, that's wow, Dave, that's fucking terrible. I mean, even I wouldn't do this. It's just I, 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 I'm, I'm like, I, I like I learn to su- learn that to succeed. I got to have a plan. I'm not always right, but that's the way I am. Like, just horrendous. And, and I'm sorry, this, this, the phrase my way or the highway is just horrible to begin with. Now, I will say the musically, first of all, the song starts off. It sounds like Honky Talk Woman by the Stones, like that whole intro thing. The music, I think, is really cool. It's got like a, a nice swagger, kind of a, another different thing. But lyrically, I'm like, ah, oh God, it's so it's just barroom boogie is hilariously it's just you could tell that's tongue-in-cheek i i really feel like he's being serious here and that's what makes me nervous about this song (laughs) all right my way or the highway you can't even say that without laughing that was like my old soccer coach would say things like that that's what these things are and i could picture like this is like a fucking arnold rant it's my way or the highway. The highway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the bass again, and then the riff comes in. It's a fucking nice, crisp, sharp riff. And, and, and. You're right. Uh, a little honky tonk. Uh, 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 get it on. Yes. Uh, yep. Right. And then that, which is the rip off of that, was that Andy Taylor song, Take It Easy. Yep. Right. Uh, the title is about as silly as it gets. However, I really like this song. Oh, I, dude, I was going with Barroom Boogie, My Way the Highway. Like, this is the worst fucking album we've ever done. <laughs> this is horrendous. What the fuck? Thank you. It is as bad as I expected. Now I can shit on Sonny. I'm telling you, I don't know what happened. By the time I'm ending, like I'm pulling into my house. And I am like, my it's my way. Oh, the highway. You know what else I You talked about the last one being like some fucking chilies thing. This is an 80s movie scene. I can picture this in Back to School. And oh, Rodney God. Dangerfield is like at a party. Yeah. And then he takes the mic and he sings a song. Hey, it's <laughs> a my way or the highway. Hey, like, and all the young kids like, Woo! and they, they're enjoying like uh, an 80s type of song that yeah. just like, oh my God, this is so cheesy. But it fucking works. It's funny and stupid. And there's a lot of no way at all. And what did you think of when you hear that lyric? Or oh, no way at all. What do you think of? Come on. None no, of you guys put me, up you put me on the spot, but I can think of it. Loose. Right- Lover boy. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Turn right? loose. Lover boy. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, another great solo. And I just put, I do not want to like this song, but it's a fun song. <laughs> it's the problem. I think that's what I'm so angry about is it's catchy. God damn yeah. it. 
That's the problem. <laughs> You're gonna be goddamn like, you, Dave Menachetti. Exactly. It's not goddamn Dave Menachetti. It's goddamn Sonny Pooney. Oh, well, that I'm too. Like, yeah. I'm like snapping my fingers my way. Oh, oh the do, do, It's do. like um, Eddie Murphy when he's like, <laughs> and girls love that song. You got to have it. You got to have a oh, Got to have a J-O-B if you, you want to be with me. That's what you, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Sonny, I don't know what the fuck kind of hypnosis oh. or black voodoo magic you put on me. Black Tiger. Like these last two songs. Oh, jeez. Yikes. All right. Now we're going to the Scorpions. Winds have changed. All these fucking titles, huh? Okay, so Winds of Change, Scorpions 1 was after this one, and it's not Yes, I know, I know. Um, all right. So talk about Dave as a singer. So he himself has said he's always saw himself as a guitar player who happens to sing. And when he realized, he's like, holy shit, I think I'm the lead singer. And he would listen to rock radio going, oh, my God, I got to get better. There's people out there that's way better than me. So I think he took that to heart, and his voice got more and more melodic as time went on. He's inspired by Hendrix, Allman Brothers, B.B. King, Led Zeppelin, listens to Sinatra jazz every day, self-taught guy. Wow. It is hilarious, dude. He drives his wife absolutely nuts because when he's at home, he'll have his guitar in his hand that we watch in TV and he'll play along with a commercial. Oh, Jesus. And wife will turn around and go, can you turn that fucking thing off right now? Like <laughs> nice. He's that guy. Yeah. Right. 
here you got a gritty riff, you got the groove, then the chorus starts, you got, you know, insane winds of change, then you got the acoustic guitar after that chorus, then you got the whispering, right? And it's there's just a lot of earworms. And then you got there's before the second verse starts, there's like that progressive, like little intro before you get to the second verse, very early 80s, right? There was a lot of bands doing that kind of stuff. The guitar solo is absolutely perfect for this song. And I am telling you, he does fine singing the ballads. I think Medicaid has a good voice, does not fine singing the ballads. His solos on the ballads are fucking amazing. There is no way Vinny or Momstein could have ever pulled off something like that. And then, of course, ending it with the, the guitar that he's doing is trying to give like the album like an epic end, right? They don't do Winds of Change live much, but because uh, they got a lot of other ballads. But uh, it was all Dave always thought this should have been a single, and it wasn't. And he thinks that's what stalled the album a little. I think he's right. I think it should have been a single. When I first heard this, I was like, eh. I was teasing. I'm like, oh, another, another, uh, another song with Winds of Change that sucks for for the song title. <laughs> um, I, I like it. I think I think for a ballad, I think he does a nice job. I think his voice sounds great. I kind of like that. That like kind of I can't tell if it's an acoustic or an electric acoustic or whatever whatever the guitars are doing there. Um, I, I, I like it. It does kind of have like an epic kind of sweeping feel to it. Um, it, it definitely. This is what I'm saying. Like if this band had like some push behind it, that, how is this not a hit? Or at least a a, a a mid-level hit, quote unquote. I think it's a very well put together song. I think it's a nice ballad. I mean, albums of this era had like at least one slower song slash ballad, and I think this is a good one. I think I think Dave sounds great on. You're right. The the solo, it's a great solo. So I, I think just kind of a weird way to end the album with a song like this. But I get what you were saying. The way the song ends, they kind of wanted like that big epic feeling to the end of it, which I I kind of think they achieved. Winds of change. So you get a lot of different aspects of this band. Cause this is like them seem like they're trying to be like a critic band. Like this yeah. is yeah. their serious thing. And you just sang a song before this called my way of the highway and barroom boogie. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't fit, but maybe they're saying, Hey, we got a lot of different uh, um, aspects of our band and check it out. And you can see where we got some versatility here. Uh, it's a decent song. He does a good job singing the song. Uh, again, just and you know the guitar on it, he, he, the tone, the solo. Uh, I I think it's a decent song. I I didn't think uh, much of it when it first when I first listened to it, but as time goes on, this whole album, like this song, have, has grown. Yep. So that's Black Tiger. Uh, Sonny, want to give us some uh, last thoughts about the album before we rank the songs? Yeah, so no music videos. It's 1982, and these guys aren't really made for video anyway. Um, they were, I think, part of the problem. Is there an older band trying to do current material, right? So by the time, especially when 85, 86, 87 rolls around, the DJs are like, those guys are still around, right? Very similar to what Kiss dealt with in the 80s. It's like, those guys are still around, aren't they? The cartoon band, right? So similar. If you, as a listener today, if you liked what you heard, YT has new wave of British heavy metal. They've got roots, blues type songs. They've got hair metal songs. They've got serious songs. Connect with me and I'll tell you where to start, depending on what kind of music you like. 
in the end. Um, Y&T special to me, right? I listen to Y&T almost every day. The music has been in my life 36 years out of my 52 years on this planet. And everybody's got bands that like this music was there when I had my kids, when I got married twice, when, you know, my, uh, my teen years, my twenties, I've seen them, you know, all the girlfriends I had, I took to Y&T, like it's been there my entire life and continues to be, and Y&T will always be special to me. Yeah, I, I was actually excited when you picked this album because I knew before, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, how you kind of turned me on to some of the Y&T stuff, like the Mean Streak album. So I, I was prepared to to enjoy this album uh, because, you know, it's it's blues based, you know, guitar rock. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. I've never owned a Y&T album in my, in my life. So I think the album we talked about already, there's a lot going on here. It's got some fun songs, some ballads, some blues, some hard rock. Um, pleasant surprise. Uh, I Like I said, I knew going into it that I'm like, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to enjoy this album. And uh, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you picked something that you're passionate about, because I think I think that's kind of how ARC seems to be evolving a little bit. You know, we've been doing this for a while now and we're starting to pick some albums that might be off the radar a lot, a lot but they're special to us personally. And I think that kind of that kind of adds a little something to these episodes. Yeah, again, Sonny, I was so ready and willing to fucking destroy this and be like, yeah, fuck you, Sonny, for shitting on Guns N' Roses or. Or something else, but uh, you know we're, we're going to be fair about it. No matter what, I think that uh, there are things that sometimes we, after doing this now for a couple of years, we kind of figure out what's in our wheelhouse. But every once in a while, we get surprised. I'm not really. I'm not sure if I would say I'm surprised. I like this because I, I had YNT albums and I kind of had a understanding what they would be. Um, I enjoyed this. I'm glad you picked this because it wouldn't have come back into my, uh, you know, catalog had you not chosen this. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's what this show really is about. And uh, I don't want us to go off too far on the deep end. And sometimes we do that. But this is a nice selection. I'm glad you picked it. I enjoyed this album. And uh, let's get ready to uh, rank the tracks. Ooh. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. Sonny, is your album. You want to go first? Uh, sure. My number oh, nine, yep. From the Moon. Yep, me too. It's I, I like it, but it's an instrumental. Yeah, it's not that. It, sorry. It's, it's not as bad as fucking hell or high water. Oh, my God. <laughs> My number eight is Hell or High Water. That is also my number eight. From the moon. For me. All right. My number seven, My Way or the Highway. That is also my number seven. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Why don't you just tell us the name of your number one song? Um, You have selected My Way or the Highway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I would say my next song would be uh, Winds of Change. So that was your number seven. Okay. Yes. My number six was Winds of Change. My number six is Barroom Boogie. 
my number six is Black Tiger. Ready to strike. My number five, don't wanna loo oo ooze. My number five is forever. No. <laughs> uh number five for me yeah i might have to say it's uh don't want to lose number four for me black tiger my number four is winds of change uh my number four is open fire oh my number three is open fire I got don't want to lose you at number three. Uh, number three for me, uh, Barroom Boogie. Oh, my goodness. My number two is Barroom Boogie. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is happening here? A fun song. My number two is Black Tiger. All right. You're going to love this. My number two. My way. Oh, my oh the goodness. highway. This is incredible. <laughs> the fun song. That makes my number one forever. My number one open fire by far. Song rips. Number one, I'm with Sonny. It's it's a great song. Forever. Wow. Okay. All right. So the top four are all live staples in every Y&T set. Really? Number four is Black Tiger. Number three is Barroom Boogie. Number two is Open Fire. And number one is Forever. Nice. And they play them all the 53 times I've seen them. They've played all four songs. That's awesome. They don't play My Way or the Highway? No. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? <laughs> I love it. Nice. Well, I love it. Let's go to ranking this versus all the other ARC album covers. All right. So here's what we've done Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OUA12, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger. Single soundtrack, mechanical resonance, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, Purple Rain, Heat 2, Use Your Illusion 2, Night Songs, Hail to the King, and Black Tiger. Son, you want to read us your top five? Sure. So my top five right now, number five is Once Bitten, four is Hotel California, three is Purple Rain, two is Slide It In, and number one is Peace of Mind, and Black Tiger goes at number six. After Once Bitten, before Blizzard of Oz. That that cover's pretty cool. It depends on what printing you get. The tiger is a darker shade of black, depending Mm -hmm. on what... um, you know, well, first, how old the album is, blah, blah, blah. I wish it was like pitch black, right? But mm. I guess the little lighter black with the, it makes it more chrome looking. So I guess that works too. Yeah. It's a great cover. 
All right, my top five, I got Appetite at number five, Peace of Mind at four, Highway to Hell at three, Blizzard of Oz at two, Purple Rain at number one. I'm putting Black Tiger also at number six, right above Night Songs and right below Appetite. I think it's a really cool looking uh, cover, and I think the shirt that Sonny has, great t-shirt. Oh, my God, you put it in front of Shooter. Shut your shooter. Oh my god, I did. I did. <laughs> I, in, it, I definitely did. <laughs> All right. For me, I put number five, slide it in, four peace of mind, three appetite, uh, two blizzard of oz, one hotel California. I do like this, but it's not better than that fucking hot chick from what's bitten. I'm putting it above hail to the king and right underneath once bitten at number eleven. Nice. So Let's go to our favorite albums. Uh, Sonny, want to tell us your top five? At number five, I got Mechanical Resonance. Four, I got Appetite. Three, Slide It In. Two, Hailstorm. And number one, Purple Rain. For Black Tiger, I only own one album that is better than Black Tiger. So this is number one now. Ooh, oh my goodness! Wow. Holy shit! Wow! Did not see that coming. Breaking news: a new number one for Sunny. I love it. Yeah, Pam. Wow. All right. We always love when the, when there's a new number one. I was doing it like every week for about a month or every a few months. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. My top five. I got Hail to the King at five. Mechanical Resonance at four. 10 at three shout at the devil at two purple rain at one. The thing that's going to have this kind of suffer in the rankings is I've never heard it before. I've never owned it. This is the first time I've ever spent time with it. I like it. It's too short and there's too many songs that are kind of okay, but kind of funny for me. I'm going to put it at 25. I have it. Uh, actually, it's a kind of like a sunny poony trifecta here. I have OU812 at 24. Black Tiger at 25, Heat at 26. I like it, but it's just too short, and there's just not enough go-to songs on it for me. But I do like the album. Okay, so for me, I have Back for the Attack at 5, Appetite at 4, Pyromania at 3, Blizzard of Oz at 2, Hotel California at number 1. This is what pisses me off. Every time I see my list, Hailstorm's at 26. How the fuck did I put it down that low? And I... Hailstorm is better than this, but I, I, it, this album is better for me than Bad English, and it's better than Purple Rain for me, and it's, you know what? It's better than Hail to the King for me. I'm putting this at 23, just underneath Load, uh, and above Hail to the King. Cool. And I was so looking forward to putting this at number fucking 32. Wow. God damn, Sonny. Such hatred. My goodness. My next pick is going to be number 32. (laughs) The next pick, whatever the next pick is, is going to be number 32 right now. Oh, gee, who's up next? (laughs) Zeus is next. (laughs) I'm telling you, foreshadowing it, that he's picking mine last. You'll see. Oh, I know he will. If it's what I if if it's if it's what what I think it is, it's going last. It's definitely going last. Yep. (laughs) All right. So um, I, I don't know, guys. I thought that was a great pick, um, and it was a nice album to review. Absolutely. That's why we love these things, man. Yep. We love these things. Uh, but 
What we do next is this. So, Sonny, besides Y&T and making you want to open fire all over everybody, what makes you rock hard? So, I'm going to stick with the music this week. Okay. And I'm going to tell every listener out there that if you have not heard the new Hailstorm album, Back from the Dead, you are absolutely missing out. Agreed. Three best songs to me are Back from the Dead, the title track, which Lizzie is yelling and she is fucking on fire. And it starts out amazing, uh, an amazing album. The Steeple, which has earworms all over it. Like there's a line in there that she says, uh, 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 the choir singing in my heart today. And you get a, whoa, like in the back, there's earworms all over this album. And I- I'm going to tell you, like the, I'm going to tell you a couple of courses. So on steeple, it goes, this is my kingdom. This is my cathedral. This is my castle. And these are my people. This is my armor. This is my anchor. It's been a long road out of hell up to the steeple for this is church. And these are my people, right? Yeah. So written very well. And then my favorite song on the album is actually called. I come first. Of course. Right? Of, of course. Just, it's I'll read you a couple of lyrics. I'm not your victim. I'm not your prey. I may be good at bad things, but I'm not yours to shame. You're never going to get it with the games you play. A little respect goes a long, long way. I'm going to make you wait like you made me. So how does that taste? I come first. Yikes. Gotta love it. She's good. She's good. Now, what's cool about this, and uh, Lizzie did a couple of interviews, and uh, you know, being really vulnerable, she's like, COVID made her realize the fans, the gigs, the people, the recording was like her therapy in life and keeping her away from all the bad shit that was in her head, in her life, keeping her away from drugs and drinking and all that kind of shit. And she's sitting at home going, holy fuck, like all these things I used to use, I can't do right now. And that's kind of why that album has this like darker, angrier, angrier feel. 38 minutes. Wow. You will not, you will not be sorry. I'm talking album of the year here. No, I believe you. I've heard, I've heard a a couple songs on it. It's it's, so far what I've heard is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For me, I'm going to go with uh, one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, a, a, A prequel slash sequel to the greatest show of all time. And it just wrapped up and that is better call Saul. I'm not going to give any spoilers away because I don't know who's seen it and who hasn't breaking bad to me. Greatest show of a made better call Saul. I went into it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like this. Cause I love that universe that Vince Gilligan and, and Peter Gould created with better with, uh, with breaking bad. The show turned out to be more than I ever expected more than I ever thought that they could create. And these guys are so gifted. It has been about a 15 year run with this whole universe from the, from when breaking bad started into a better call. Saul ended 
obviously I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but if you're, if you're out there and you're one of the few that aren't into these shows, you have to have to watch them as we record right now. My son is binging the ending of, of better call Saul because he's trying to catch up to it because I was, I've I've been telling him about the finale, uh, two of the greatest shows ever made unbelievable writing, unbelievable acting, unbelievable storytelling. Just this. It's what TV is all about for me. Didn't see it. Yeah. I was late to, um, breaking bad, but I did catch all of breaking bad. I saw the, the TV movie, but I never saw it's one of those things like, Oh, I'll get into it. Oh, I'll get into it. There's just so much. There's so much to watch these days. It's impossible. Yeah. And I, and I have, it's a rarity to have a like sequel like that. And to be as critically loved as this is. That's the thing that's so shocking. I agree. Yeah, you're right. They did. They pulled off like a miracle. I you know why I'm thinking? I'm thinking of like Walking Dead, and then they did Fear the Walking Dead. Terrible. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. see how it could just be like, oh, why would yep. you just ruin it? And because you're into one, you're like, oh, I have to watch this. Yep. And then you're like, what the fuck am I watching? It's like painful to watch these shows because you yep. got to finish it, you know? Yep. Yep. That's great to hear. So I'll I'll definitely catch up to it. Yes. All right. Uh, for me, uh, I was waiting for a show. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It was on uh, the BBC One at one point, and it's a uh, TV series show, limited run. It was only six episodes. Uh, it's a British show. It's called Chloe. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. No. Um, so Chloe is uh, a lady that I'm not giving anything away who dies mysteriously. Okay. And her childhood friend uh, is all curious because the night before she dies, she calls her and they haven't talked in years somewhere along the way, as they went and they grew up together, they fell apart. Uh, The main character of the show uh, has become kind of like an outsider and a weirdo. And she's, there's, there's a little subplots along the way. But now she wants to find out why did this lady call me? So it's part like mystery, but then it's also that whole fucking like social media Instagram craze. So she mm. creates this other personality to get into this, like the, her highfalutin friends of the lady that passed and creates this different personality. Everything's about like Instagram, uh, creating stuff and how almost like every other second she's about to get fucking caught. It gives you a lot of that anxiety, like, oh, shit. And there's a lot of good looking people on this. Uh, I've bragged about Erin Doherty before to you guys. That's Mm -hmm. the lady from The Crown. Uh, She had played Princess Anne. And they do a great job on it. It's it's interesting. And it's in some sense, it's uh, a little discouraging about how social media influences everybody and its impact and how easy it is to kind of deceive people, create identities and do all sorts of shady shit. Um, And then it gets you to the end where you find out what really happened. So it's a six part miniseries. I knew um, it came out in the BBC. It finally came over here and it's on Amazon right now. I enjoy it. Uh, I love my hot British girls. So take a look at it. It's called Chloe. Nice. Something to queue up. Nice. So guys, let's plug the shows. Sonny, you're up, brother. Uh, Grown Up Rock, we just passed the five-year mark. Congrats. Congrats. That's big, baby. Nice. 
what running joke is that's lasted five years because I don't see Steven ever because the five <laughs> days on the cruise is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, and uh, Podcast Rock City been going on nine years uh, wow. live on YouTube or live on Facebook every Sunday night at seven. So nice. um, we just added Lee to the show. You know, Joey's been on the show. Podcast yep. Rock City's doing well. You know, Great Kiss News is just oh, geez. nuts. Yes, we all know that. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the show's gotten better looking. I will say <laughs> that. Um, and it's not because of Joey Casada. No. Oh, we know that. No, it's not him. <laughs> yeah, all right. And we are Shout It Out Loudcast. If this is your first time listening to us, uh, we are an all-kiss podcast that drops uh, new Kiss episodes every Saturday. And then we do these album review crew episodes once a month. With uh, the three of us here, you'll see these once a month. We rotate. So this was Sonny's pick. Next month, we have Zeus's pick. And then we swing around and do our ARC Patreon pick. So we have a full-way rotation here with these picks. Uh, but you can check us out uh, on our awesome new website, shoutoutloudcast.com. It'll have all the episodes for Shout it Out Loudcast, Album Review Crew, and our other sidecast, The Zeppelin Chronicles. You'll have access to all the episodes, all the rankings, all of our rock hard lists that we talk about, everything's there. Uh, so check that out, please. You can also message us directly from the website, or you can send us an email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, oh. we're doing what the cool kids do now, TikTok. It's a TikTok. The kids are doing it. It's cool. They're doing TikTok. <laughs> Love that. Yep. We'll be TikToking on the cruise. Oh, that's going to be trouble. Oh. Um, and we're uh, part of the wonderful Pantheon podcast network of shows. Check them out. Tons of great shows, all different kinds of musical genres. So check them out. You can find us uh, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people they can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please uh, leave a... a an email for us. We love the emails, especially for this show. Uh, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube. channel and give us one of those five star, star child reviews on Apple iTunes and anywhere else you can leave reviews. Uh, always like to pimp out our awesome new website, shout it out loudcast.com, shout it out loudcast.com, where you can get all your merch, find out whose album picks are terrible, and anything else you want to find out about us. It's right there on the website. And uh, before we go, we always like to read some lyrics from some of the song selections. So, um, let's see what the selection is for this <laughs> evening. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Sonny. <laughs> Woke up next morning with a trash can head. <laughs> when I looked to my left, oh no, wish I was dead. There's Frankenstein's daughter all curled up on me. I said, I got to go home. It's an emergency. She said, but you are home. That's just, and I said, you know what? You're right. Here's two bucks for a cab. Uh, magic. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh. oh, well, let's continue the hot lyrics here. <laughs> um, so far, somehow I've managed to keep control. 
it's time to get them balls free to roll. <laughs> I save it up for the right time to let it go, go, go. Fair warning. Be ready. I'm going to explode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thanks, Unreal. Peter North, for chiming in on ARC this month. Oh, Peter North is taking care of fucking <laughs> Tiffany Minx and uh, and Victoria Paris at the same time. Oh, rest in peace, Victoria Paris. <laughs> the fact that I know she's passed away is a terrible. Why do I know that? <laughs> Why do I know that? <laughs> Because it's imp- it's not important for you not. Oh, I think that's, that's, that's from scent of a woman. By the way, Pacino's better, but I ain't know I'm gonna lose that poll. But uh, that's from scent of a woman. Why do you always get that wrong? It's not important for me to get it right. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good line. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'm not your boy, and I'm not your toy. You better start seeing me as a man. I didn't ask you to run my life. I just asked you for a hand. <laughs> wow. Dude, we're, so, we're, we're all like, oh, it's a great album. I'm really glad Sonny picked Y and T. We just read three of the most embarrassing <laughs> lyrics ever. And we, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, the lyrics are good. You know, it's not fucking silly. And it's silly. Like, what the fuck is oh this? Oh, my God. Love it. Anyway, uh, Sonny, Loudcasters, uh, Kiss Army, Tom, thank you. Yeah, guys, always a good time. I think we will be surprised how many listeners love Y&T. It's like a closet band that people forget about. I actually agree. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be excited and pleasantly surprised to see a Y&T album. Um, but it was a ton of fun. Sunny, great pick. Uh, always a blast doing these. Uh, Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. And everybody out there, thank you. We love you guys. So can't wait to see the feedback on this one. Peace out, Girl Scout. Look at these chicks walking around with that damn skin scraping so far up their ass it's wiping that pancreas. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.